0: Chapter Eight of the Chief Legatee by Anna Catherine Green. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Tony Oliva. Chapter Eight. Elimination. At about three o'clock in the afternoon, Mister Ransom left his room. He had been careful almost from his first arrival to sit with his door ajar he had therefore only to give it a slight push and walk out when he heard the bustle of preparation going on in the two rooms in whose future occupancy he was so vitally interested a maid stood in the hall a man within was pushing about furniture the landlady was giving orders his course downstairs did not lead him so far as those rooms so he called out pleasantly i have written till my head aches mrs deal i must venture out notwithstanding the rain in which direction shall i find the best walking she came to him all eagerness and smiles it's all bad such a day said she but it's muddiest down by the factories you had better climb the hill where the cemetery is he asked yes do you object to cemeteries ours is thought to be very interesting we have stones there whose inscriptions are a hundred and fifty years old but it's a bad day to walk amongst graves perhaps you had better go east i'm sorry we should have such a storm on your first day must you go out he forced a suffering look into his eyes and insisting that nothing but outdoor air would help him when he had a headache hastened downstairs and so out a blinding gust seized him as he faced the hill but he drew down his umbrella and hurried on he had a purpose in following her suggestion as to a walk in this direction dark as the grasses were he meant to search the cemetery for the graves of the Hazens and see what he could learn from them he met three persons on his way all of whom turned to look at him this was in the village on the hillside he met nobody wind and rain and mud were all desolation in the prospect and all but desolation in his heart at the brow he first caught sight of the broken stone wall which separated the old burying-place from the road there lay his path happily he could tread it unnoticed and unwatched there was no one within sight high or low he spent a half-hour among the tombs before he struck the name he was looking for another ten minutes before he found those of his wife's family then he had his reward on a low brown shaft he read the names of father and mother and beneath them the following lines sacred to the memory of anitra died june seventh eighteen eighty five aged six years and one day of such is the kingdom of heaven the twin georgian was mad this record showed that her little sister lay here anitra yes that was the name of her other half he remembered it well georgian had mentioned it to him more than once and this child this anitra had been buried here for fifteen years deeply indignant at his wife's duplicity he took a look at the opposite side of the shaft where still another surprise awaited him here was the record of the brother the brother he had so lately talked to and who had seemingly proven his claim to the name he now read alfred francesco only son of Giorgio toriti afterwards georgian hazen lost at sea february eighteen ninety five aged twenty-five years an odd inscription opening up conjectures of the most curious and interesting nature but it was not this fact which struck him at the time it was the possibility underlying the simple statement lost at sea this as the wry-necked man had said admitted of a possible resurrection here was no body a mound showed where anitra had been laid away a little mound surmounted by a headstone carved with her name but only these few words gave evidence of the young man's death and inscriptions of this nature are sometimes false the conclusion was obvious it was the brother and not the sister who had reappeared georgian was not only playing him false but deceiving the general public in fact knowingly or unknowingly she was perpetrating a great fraud he was inclined to think unknowingly he began to regard with less incredulity hazen's declaration that the shock of her brother's return had unsettled her mind distressed but no longer the prey of distracting doubt he again examined the inscription before him and this time noticed its peculiarities alfred francesco only son of georgian toriti afterwards georgian hazen afterwards what was meant by that afterwards that the woman had been married twice and that this alfred francesco was the son of her first husband rather than of the one whose name he bore it looked that way there was a suggestion of italian parentage in the francesco which corresponded well with the decidedly italian torriti perplexed and not altogether satisfied with his discoveries he turned to leave the place when he found himself in the presence of a man carrying a kit of tools and wearing on his face a harsh and discontented expression as this man was middle-aged and had no other protection from the rain than a rubber cape for his shoulders the cause of his discontent was easy enough to imagine though why he should come into this place with tools was more than mr ransom could understand illustration with a caption underneath i cut them letters there fifteen years ago now i'm to cut em out hello stranger it was this man who spoke interested in the hazen monument eh well i'll soon give you reason to be more interested yet do you see this inscription on june seventh eighteen eighty five anitra age six and the rest of it well i cut them letters there fifteen years ago now i'm to cut em out the orders has just come the youngster didn't die it seems and i'm commanded to chip the fifteen-year-old lie out what do you think of that a sweet job for a day like this more'n likely it'll put me under a stone myself but folks won't listen to reason it's been here fifteen years and seventeen days and now it must come out rain or shine before nightfall before the sun sets so the telegram ran i'll be blessed but i'll ask a handsome penny for this job mr ransom controlling himself with difficulty pointed to the little mound but the child seems to have been buried here he said lord bless you yes a child was buried here but we all knew years ago that it mightn't be hazen's the schoolhouse burned and a dozen children with it one of the little bodies was given to mr hazen for burial he believed it was his anitra but a good while after a bit of the dress she wore that day was found hanging to a bush where some gypsies had been there were lots of folks who remembered that them gypsies had passed the schoolhouse a half hour before the fire and they now say found the little girl hiding behind the woodpile and carried her off no one ever knew but her death was always thought doubtful by every one but mr and mrs hazen they stuck to the old idee and believed her to be buried under this mound where her name is but one of the children was buried here persisted ransom you must have known the number of those lost and would surely be able to tell if one were missing as must have been the case if the gypsies had carried off anitra before the fire i don't know about that objected the stone-cutter there was in those days a little orphan girl almost an idiot who wondered about this town staying now in one house and now in another as folks took compassion on her she was never seen again after that fire if she was in the schoolhouse that day as she sometimes was the number would be made up no one was left to tell us was an awful time sir the village hasn't got over it yet mr ransom made some sympathetic rejoinder and withdrew towards the gateway but soon came strolling back the man had arranged his tools and was preparing to go to work it seems as if the family was pretty well represented here remarked ransom is it the girl herself anitra i believe you called her who has ordered this record of her death removed oh no you don't know them Hazens. there's one of em who has quite a story the twin of this anitra she lived to grow up and have a lot of money left her if you lived in sitford or lived in new york you'd know all about her for her name's been in the papers a lot this week she's a great lady who married and left her husband all in one day and for what reason do you think we know because she don't keep no secrets from her old friends she's found this sister and it's her as has ordered me to chip away this name she wants it done to because she's coming here with this gal she's found folks say she ran across her in the street and knew her at once can you guess how from her name <laughs> lord no from what i hear she hadn't any name from her looks she saw her own self when she looked at her how interesting how very interesting stammered mr ransom feeling his newly won conviction shaken again quite remarkable the whole story and uh, so is this inscription he added pointing to the words georgian toriti etc did the woman have two husbands and was the Alfred Hazen, whose death at sea is commemorated here, the son of Toriti or of Hazen? Of Toriti, grumbled the man, evidently displeased at the question. A black-browed devil, who it won't do to talk about here. Mrs. Hazen was only a slip of a gal when she married him, and as he didn't live but a couple of months, folks have sort of forgiven her and forgotten him to us mrs hazen was always mrs hazen and alf well he was just alf hazen too a lad with too much good in him to perish in them murderous waters a thousand miles from home so they still believed hazen dead no intimation of his return had as yet reached sitford this was what ransom wanted to know but there was still much to learn should he venture an additional question no that would show more than a stranger's interest in a topic so purely local better leave well enough alone and quit the spot before he committed himself uttering some commonplace observation about the vitality attending certain families he nodded a friendly good-bye and made for the entrance as he stepped below the brow of the hill he heard the first click of the workman's hammer on the chisel with which he proposed to eliminate the word Anitra from the list of the Hazen dead. End of chapter eight.